Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 12. That'll be our main text this morning. But we're going to back up. I'm going to read some scriptures and just share something with you. But I'll say this in starting out. First of all, um, maybe you've been wondering why there have been plows here in the sanctuary for the last few weeks. Some of you have been here for this. You know what we're doing. Uh, this really, this morning, is a dedication service. It's a, it's a time of us, as we'll see in a moment from a passage in Luke, uh, about putting our hand to the plow. And, 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 and it's, a, it's it, the Lord really talking about there, when you put your hand to the plow with Him, it's, it's a time of focus and, and dedication. And, and, and you've got your sight set on where you're going and what you're doing. You're not looking back to other things. So that's the purpose of the plows in here this morning. Um, the second thing I want to say is, if, you, if you're not familiar with what's been going on with me, uh, I've had vertigo. This is day 17 of, of vertigo that I guess was brought on from an ear infection. Still hasn't cleared up. I'm on about a two or three on a scale of 10 of where I was, so I'm doing much better. But if you, if you, there may be guests here. I promise you, I'm not intoxicated. Okay. <laughs> I just promise you that's not what it is. Uh, if you watch me walk or you see the way I'm moving or even maybe the way I talk a little bit, you might think otherwise, but I promise you it's not that, okay? So uh, you, can, you can feel confident in that. So let's, uh, let's just, I want to start with Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. It says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Now we, we've heard that. We've, we, we've heard that. We've probably said that. Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. We've made those kind of commitments. Others we've heard make those kind of commitments. And oftentimes we hear people make those kind of commitments. And then when, the, 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 you know, when it really gets down to brass tacks, it, 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 they go somewhere. They go away. They're not, they're not following the Lord anymore. And so here Jesus says to him, this one who says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds in the air, uh, air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, people read that. Some will read that and they say, man, the Lord was harsh there. Why wouldn't even let this man go back and bury his father? Well, that's not the context of the, what the man was saying is, let me go back. I'll stay at home until my father dies. When my father dies and I receive the inheritance, really the idea is I'll be financially in a situation where I can follow you without any worries. Okay, that, that's really the context of that. And uh, so the Lord said, hey, you let the dead bury the dead. Those who are spiritually dead, you let them bury the dead. Let them take, you come and preach the gospel. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. So, so there's a lot of this we see of, of these commitments that it, it's an all-in commitment uh, until it's not. You know, it's all in until, until there's something else. Well, well, I need to do this, or I need to do that, or, or you know, I'm, 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 you know I, I, I really want to serve you, Lord, but I got this. When this works out in my life, then, and that's kind of the context here. And the Lord says in verse 62, Luke 9, 62, says, But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And the idea is, when you put your hand to the plow with the Lord, you should be with Him. You should be focused on Him. You should be serving Him, living your life for Him, not looking back. I'm going to be careful with that. <laughs> not looking back and, and longing for what was or, or what might have been. There's several different things that people might look back and go, well, maybe if I, if I, you know, I could have had this or I could have... That, that's not the mentality we should have. We should put our hand to the plow of the Lord. And if you're going to, if you're going to plow a straight row, there's a couple things you've got to have. Number one, you've you got to make sure you don't have vertigo. Number two, you got to stay focused on what's ahead of you. 
You, you got to be focused on ahead because if you're not, you're going to be all over the place. You, you're going to be crooked. So to, 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 to plow straight, you got to be focused. And that's kind of what the Lord's talking about here. And so this is the idea of our plow service. It's the first of the, first of the year. And we wanted to do this a couple of weeks ago on that last Sunday of the year because we're going to focus a little bit this morning on the fact that if we're going to put our hand to the plow and dedicate to this year, Really a refocusing, a rededication of, of where we're at with the Lord and where we want to be at the end of, you know, I want to be closer to the Lord at the end of 2024 than I am right now. I want to be closer with Him. I want to be more like Jesus at that time. And if I'm going to do that, sometimes in order to make a commitment anew, make a fresh commitment to, to move forward, you got to leave some things behind. Sometimes you got to put some things off, and that's what we're going to look at today. So our service this morning is a service of dedication. And this is a time of renewing our commitment to our Lord and Savior. Uh, it's a time to focus on the coming year and set our sights on greater spiritual growth. And I think everybody in here probably would, would say, you know, I, if you're here, then, then you're either a believer or you're, you're seeking, you're, you're wondering, if you don't know the Lord is your Savior already, today may be that day. You're looking, you're wondering, is that, I, I want to be a Christian. I want to, is this, you may be wondering. Don't wonder anymore. Today's the day to give your heart to Christ, to give your life to Christ. And so whatever it is that you're, um, wherever you're at, I think everybody in here would say, I want to have spiritual growth this year. I want to be closer to God at the end of the year than I am right now. I believe every Christian desires to please the Lord. You know, and I tell people, you know, what, what I want to hear in glory is well done, my good and faithful servant. I can't do anything about the success. A lot of people feel like success, you know, for success in the Christian realm is being faithful. That's success. When we stay faithful, that's success. The Lord takes care of the growth and the multiplications and all those things. That's Him. That's not us. We're just called to be faithful. And if we're faithful, then we can please the Lord. But I want to be found faithful. I want to, I want to make the Lord, I want Him to be happy. I want Him to be well pleased with my life. And I think that would be your desire. And yet, we struggle in so many ways. We, we have a desire to do right, as Paul said. You know, I think Raymond mentioned this last week, where Paul said, you know, I, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do. And so we all struggle with that. I'm glad that's in Scripture, because it helps us understand we all have weaknesses. We all have frailties. And there's times where we find that, that, I, that I end up not doing the very things I know I'm supposed to do and that I want to do, but I don't do them. And there's things I know I shouldn't do, and I find myself doing those things. And so it's something we all struggle with, but we want to put those things behind us and move forward with the Lord. And so we can have success. We can be faithful. This is not a situation of, well, you know, maybe if things just go right for me, I can be faithful. No, no, no. There is, you can absolutely be faithful. And I'm, I hope you'll, you'll understand that as we go through this this morning and look at some scriptures that really tell us that. Um, we can live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. But often, before we can go forward, we have to put some things off. We have to lay some things aside. And we have to quit some things. And so I want us to read Hebrews chapter 12. You're there in Hebrews in chapter 12. I'm going to read just the first three verses of chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him 
who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, uh, thank you again for the blessing of being in your house today. Um, I don't ever want to take for granted the blessing of being able to gather together. And so, Lord, may we never uh, miss the opportunity to gather with your people when the opportunity is there. Uh, because there's a day coming where we won't be able to do this, whether it's because of our health or, or, or other circumstances or, or death or, there's going to go, or persecution. There's going to be a day where this won't be the easy thing to do. And as Pastor Aaron prayed, may we not do this out of feeling like we have to. May it never be that we feel like we have to be here. God, we want to be here. We want to gather together with our brothers and sisters in Christ and worship you, our risen Savior. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time. Bless, I pray, your word as we look through it. Teach us something this morning, Lord. I pray you'll draw us closer to you today. Maybe there are things we need to lay aside, and maybe there's some things we need to put on. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to do that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There in Hebrews 12, 1 again, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, the therefore is, is pointing back to what we just read. If, you've, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, we go through the heroes, uh, the Christian hall of fame, so to speak. It's the heroes of our faith. You go and you read hero after hero after hero after hero. And the thing you find with those heroes, it, it, they, have a common, they have a common thing. They were faithful. Okay, so they were successful. If we're going to put it in terms of that, then they were successful because they were faithful. And they did what God wanted them to do. They did what God asked them to do or told them to do. They did it. They had great faith, and they stood on that faith. And so we look at these witnesses, and they witnessed to us with the lives they lived. Okay, so it's not like they're shouting out, you know, talk, they don't talk to us today, but their lives still talk to us. We read the stories of these heroes. We see what they did. We learn from them and their lives witness to us today. They, they're not, you know, as some, I've heard some say and, and some believe this and I can't prove it's not true, but I don't believe it's true. I don't believe that they're up there peeking over the walls of heaven, looking down at us going, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go. No, I don't believe they're doing that. I don't believe they're doing that. They are with the Lord, and I've said this before. When we're with the Lord, I love my wife, and home is where she is. I love my wife. But in glory, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm not going to be in heaven going, I wonder when Gina's going to get here. I wonder when. No, not if we're really a believer. I mean, if you're not really a believer, you're not going to be there anyway. You'll have bigger problems. But if, as a believer, as a believer, we're going to be, we're going to be with the Lord. And our attention is all going to be on Him, folks. you got to understand that. We get so caught up in the temporal and wanting to extend the temporal, this earthly life into eternity. We're learning. This is school, man. We're learning. We're, we're, we're growing. But I believe in heaven. It's all about Jesus. It's not going to be about, about each other. We're going to know each other. But it, 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 I hope I made my point there. Um, they're not peering over and looking at us, but their lives witness to us. Their witness is the life of faith that they lived and the price that they paid in serving the Lord. It's the testimony their life left for us of, of the greatness and faithfulness of God. That's what their testimony is. That's their witness to us. They're witness to, witnessing to us through their lives. So we look back to that and we can learn from them. And the scripture here says, continuing in verse 1, says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Now, sin is always a hindrance to our growth and faithfulness. Amen? Amen. 
You know, I've heard it said, you know, speaking of the, the Word of God, you know, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. You know, you get into sin, you're not going to want to read the Word of God. You got you to gotta keep that relationship right with God. You got to get sin out of your life. Oftentimes, it is the sin of unbelief that we must put off, even as believers. We go, well, I don't have unbelief, and yet we do have unbelief. Because we exhibit it oftentimes in the way we respond to things that happen in life. And the way we respond shows a lack of trust. And where there's a lack of trust in the Lord, there's a lack of faith. We're not fully trusting Him, and we need to learn to do that. So the the sin in general, we need to put aside sin. But he says the sin which so uh, easily ensnares us. Now, we all have a sin or sins that easily ensnare us. We, we, each individual, that's why we're individuals. There's not one sin, there may be, you know, one sin that many, many, many people have, but I don't know that there's one sin that everybody struggles with. And there's some sins that, that, that people don't struggle with at all. So we all have a different thing. And so he says here, that sin that so easily ensnares us, what is your sin? You know, is it pride? Is it lust? Is it greed? Is it, is it an unforgiving spirit? Is it, is it a critical spirit? What is, what is your sin? What is the thing that you struggle with? And what, what the writer of Hebrews is saying is whatever that sin is, that sin that so easily captures you and captures your heart, lay that aside. Put, put it, be done with it. Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. We have to lay aside that sin and all sin for that matter. But for, for, for individuals, we have things that, that are a struggle for us and we need to lay that aside. The writer of Hebrews tells us that to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, which means we can set it aside. If the scripture says, lay aside, who wrote it? We don't even really know for certain who wrote the book of Hebrews. I believe it was Paul. Others make a strong case otherwise. Some make a strong case that it was Paul that wrote it. I tend to believe that Paul wrote Hebrews. It doesn't matter. It's inspired. It's in the Word of God. We, all, we ultimately know who wrote the book, who authored the book, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit of God would not say, hey, hey, uh, Cliff, I want you to lay aside that weight that's hindering you. I want you to lay it aside and lay aside that sin that so easily besets you. And, and then he's sitting back and the Holy Spirit's going, watch this, this is funny, because he can't do it. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit teaches us. And if the Holy Spirit says do something, then we can do it. Okay, so we get caught up in this thing. Well, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't get victory over that. Yes, you can. That's right. You can get victory over anything. The Bible says, lay it aside. Now, you may not be able to do it on your own, and most things we can't do it on our own. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God working in our hearts and our lives, when we want to get past something, we can get past it. My dad used to tell me, I can quit drinking anytime I want to. I said, Yeah, you can, but the problem is you don't want to. Then later on, he'd tell me, well, you know, I, I just, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I said, you can do anything. As a child of God, you can do anything because God will help you do it. You think he doesn't want you to have victory over that? You decide you want to get rid of it and you want to put that off, he'll help you. So folks, what I'm telling you is when God says lay aside, then we can lay aside. We absolutely can. You say, it's just got too big a grip. Yeah, there's addictions and there's things. Man, even the the, the chemistry of our body would crave things and and narcotics and alcohol and tobacco, all these different things. But but not only that, pornography. There are different things that become an addiction for people. and And it gets its hook. Look, when sin gets in there, its hooks are deep. 
but you can get rid of it. You can. You don't have to live as a slave. Lay, uh, let us lay aside. So it's a conscious choice that we make. Church, we know we're no longer slaves to sin. Christ has won the victory, and he has made us free. Amen? You say, has he really made us free, preacher? Absolutely. John 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I've told you I don't really like the translation that says set you free. It's a word that can be used there, but setting free and making free are two different things. I can go, you can be in jail. I can go and open up your, your door to the, the jail cell, and I can set you free. But you may still be guilty. You haven't been made free. You haven't been judged free. You haven't been judged of that so that you're not, no longer guilty of that. But I can set you free. They're just going to get a posse. They're going to go capture you and throw you right back in. But if you are made free, you have been judged free. God says, boom, taken care of it. Paid. Price paid. Amen. Done. That's where we're at, folks. When you become a child of God, you are made free. Amen. You're, no longer, you're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to Satan. When we come to saving faith through the knowledge of the truth of the gospel, we are made free. We aren't just set free to be put into bondage again. We are made free from sin and from the bondage of sin. John 8.36 says, Therefore, if the, Son of, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So don't question whether I'm free from my sin. You are free from your sin. And there's, there's some reasons. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But when we, when we are saved by God's grace through faith, the jail cell is open. We are made free. Nobody can put us back in there. So why are so many Christians still enslaved by sin and weights? There are weights that hinder us and, and different things. There's some, there's some things. There's doubt. You know, people would doubt, did he really, did he really forgive everything? I mean, did he really? I mean, I know God forgave me and he, he saved me, but did he really forgive me of everything? Everything. Everything. Past, present, future, everything. Your sin is forgiven. Don't doubt it. There's also deception. Satan will tell you, I, you're in that jail cell and the door's shut. I, it's, it's not really open. It's not unlocked. You can't get out of here. They're telling you it's, you know, he's telling you that door's unlocked. But we, we buy the, the lies of deception from Satan and we don't, even, we don't even check it out to see. And you're sitting there in a cage locked up and the door's unlocked. It's free. All you got to do is open it up and walk out. And yet we stay in bondage because we let Satan tell us that we're in bondage. We let Satan lie to us and tell us, oh, he couldn't have forgiven that. Yeah, he can forgive a lot, but he couldn't forgive that. So you've still got, and we, and we live in guilt of something that we feel like maybe God hasn't forgiven, and yet he has forgiven. Amen? So there's doubt, there's deception. Then there's denial where some in their own pride would say, ah, well, he, he couldn't forgive me. You know, people go to hell based on that right there. Well, God couldn't forgive me. You know, you just don't know what I've done. You just don't know how bad a sinner I am. No, I don't know, but I know the blood of Jesus covers all sin. I believe this all my heart. If Hitler, if Hitler in, in the final moments, if he had repented, if he truly repented, confessed his sin to God and called on the name of the Lord, I believe he could be saved. Okay? So if Hitler could be saved... Amen? All right? So don't deny. Don't act like your sin is some special sin. That's pride. When my, when my, pride, my sin is so egregious, God couldn't forgive it. Boy, he can forgive everybody else's, but he can't forgive me of mine. That's pride. Folks, we've got to get that, rid of that. Denial. But then there's depravity. Um, and it, it really a deviance. And it comes from this. We embrace some pet sin and want to stay in the cell with it. 
That's where a lot of Christians are. Yeah, I want to I wanna live for the Lord, but I, I want to keep, you know, I got my little pet sin I like to keep tucked away. Tucked away. Y'all saw that, didn't you? <laughs> keep my pet sin tucked away. And, and, and we, we hold on to that sin. We don't want to get rid because we like that sin. We like whatever comes with that sin. We haven't come to a place yet of fully understanding that it was that sin and every other sin that put Jesus on the cross that he went to pay for. He, he died for. And yet we would, we would still entertain that. Folks, we ought to get rid of any of that junk in our life. We shouldn't hold on to any sin in our life. When we understand the price that it cost Christ, that he gave his life, that he was beaten, that he was hung on a tree, that he shed his precious sinless blood to pay the price for our sin, we shouldn't hold on to any sin. Our desire is to get rid of it. We want to get rid of that. So we're commanded. Again, this is, this is a, a command. Let us. It, it, it's to lay aside. Let us lay aside every weight. Now we go back to the weight part. These weights. What, what are weights? So when you think about weights, it's a, the, the definition of that it really is weight. It's something that's a burden that if you carry it, you know, an athlete might, might carry some weights. Uh, you know, they might wear ankle weights. To, to, to walk with or do some jogging. I don't know if it's good to jog with those on, but you might put weight pal. They, they would use weights in training, right? But when it comes time to do the 100-meter dash, uh, do, you, do you run with the weights on your ankle? You, take, you set aside every weight. I mean, they, they put on the little shorty shorts, and, the, and you know, they dress as light as possible because they don't want any weight that's going to hinder them. Does that make sense? They put off those weights. And it's this idea here that, that the, the author is telling us, put those weights aside because there's things that hinder you from being what God wants you to be, from doing what he wants you to do. Um, something that would, so a weight is anything or something that might slow us down, and, and it could be something good that weighs us down. It could be a job. You know, you got a great job, it, it, great benefits, it pays well, you know, it, it's providing for your needs, but that job can become more than just what God has allowed you to have to provide for your needs. Now it becomes an idol in your life. Do you know your kids can become an idol in your life? When they become the center of your world, everything revolves around what they want to do. Want to, don't want to deny them anything, got to make sure they have everything and we, we do everything for them. That's not the way it should be. Your spouse can become, a, become a, um, an idol. Gina, be careful with that. Guard against that. I'm going to trip over that. Um, sports, hobbies. There's a lot of things that are fun and enjoyable God lets us do, but there, any of these things that are good things can become an idol, can become a weight. They're hindering us from... from what God would have us to do. So anything that hinders our walk with Christ is a weight and can become an idol, and we need to lay that aside. Something that occurred to me these, these past couple of weeks uh, in, in dealing with this, you, know, you always feel it when you're sick. You know, when you're, when you're sick or something's going on, we, we feel that. We, and, and here's what we do, don't we? Um, we would do anything to get rid of the sickness. We, 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 we pray. We make deals with God. Lord, I'll, I told you about, I told him Wednesday night, I think, about uh, years ago. Um, no, I'm not going to tell that. Yeah, I am. Kids, don't do tobacco, okay? Don't do tobacco. When I was in high school, I was riding around one night, and a guy from high school, we, we, we jumped in the car and was just riding around. That's what you did back then in our, our days. We cruised. We cruised around the mall. And he was, he was 
dipping tobacco. And I'd never dip, but it, I thought, I'll give that a try. And so I, I, I took a dip, and, you know, I, I didn't, you know, you, you know to spit. That'll make you sick if you don't spit, but I, I, I spit. And, but he didn't say anything to me about, you know, you probably shouldn't leave that in that long. So we rode around for quite a while, and next thing I know, I was feeling about like I'm feeling right now. <laughs> and the world was kind of spinning, and I said, I said, man, you got to pull over. And so we had to pull over, and I, I got sick. And uh, so I said, you got to take me to my car. I went and got in my car, went home. I got home. I'm laying out. It's, 30, it's in the 30s, I think. I really just remember it was cold, but I had on a pair of shorts, and I was laid on my back deck, and as I was looking up, the whole world was just doing this. And I remember saying, Lord, if you'll... If you'll let me survive this, I'll never, ever touch tobacco again. I'll never, I promise, Lord, and I have kept that promise. That it, I may not have ever kept another promise in my life, but I kept that promise. Because it was terrible. Because you get in that when you're sick. What do you want to do? You want to get rid of it. You want to lay it aside. And you wish you could just, you know, I've, I've asked all these questions about vertigo. And I've talked to the diff- different doctors, different people, and I'm like, what can I do? I've banged my head. I've done different exercises, taken different medicines, everything I can do. And uh, nothing so far has fixed it. But if I could, I would just gladly lay it aside. You know why? Because I can feel how debilitating it is. It is, it is hindering me. For, for about 10 days there, I couldn't even read. I couldn't read. I couldn't focus at all. Um, so it was, it, it's debilitating. It keeps you from doing what you want to do, what you, and you feel horrible. But here's what's sad is that we're, we're, we, we, we would do anything to get rid of the physical. But you know what I feel like is we don't understand the sickness of sin and these weights spiritually. And the fact is, the sin in our life and these weights in our life are far more debilitating to us spiritually, and it's, it, 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 we don't feel it. You, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? We, we, we physically, well, I'm sick, I got a fever, I don't feel good, I can't get up and walk around, I'm dizzy, I, whatever. We see that, we can feel that. But we're not as sensitive to the things of the, the spiritual and how it's hindering us, and how we're, 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 we're holding on to something that is debilitating to us spiritually. Does that make sense? So, so here's the thing. With it, when it's a sickness, we can't just lay it off. Now, if it's, if it's something, if it's a weight, if it's alcohol or tobacco or, or pornography or something like that, we can. We can lay that off. But, but we can't lay off a physical sickness. I wish cancer, we could just lay it off. You know, uh, if, if it's dementia or something, we could just lay that off. Or, 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 or vertigo, just lay it off, put it aside and be done with it. We can't. We've got to learn to be sensitive to the spiritual, our spiritual health. Where are we? What is going on with us spiritually? What's hindering us? Because it's far greater what is doing to us than anything that is happening to us physically. Does that make sense? I could have something that could kill me physically, and it may not be a hindrance at all spiritually. But if there's a hindrance in my spiritual walk, that's a hindrance that is hindering my relationship and my walk with God. And we should be much more sensitive to that. We should be much more ready to lay aside the spiritual. Now, here's the great thing. I can't just lay aside the physical, but I absolutely can lay aside hindrances and sins that are spiritual. That's what's beautiful about what the Holy Spirit says here. 
Lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Lay it aside. Get rid of it. It's as easy as taking off this coat. It's making that decision. I'm going to get this out of my life. We take it off. We set it aside and we don't put it back on. It's that simple. We trust the Lord. We call on him. We get his help through this. We get others to help us. We can do those things. Spiritually, we need to be there. We need to look at these things and understand how they hinder us spiritually in our relationship and our walk with God. Amen? So as we begin this new year, before we can truly put our our hand to the plow and plow a straight road, before we can focus on greater growth, we must start by putting off some things, laying aside every weight. So here's a few things that just, just four, five, six things I want to hit that things that we need to set aside that are, that are weights in, in our lives. Number one is disinterest. Disinterest. Another word for that might be apathy. We get apathetic. Now, I, you know, my question would be, have, have we lost interest in the things of God? Revelation 2.4, the Lord said to the church at Ephesus, He said, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Is there ever a time in your life where you love God more than you do right now? Was there a time in your life where you, where you were more excited about the things of God than you are right now? Was there a time where you were more passionate about Jesus than you are right now? And I don't like this. I don't like, I mean, it's a, I don't, I don't, it's kind of, it seems like a, a cop out, but we do. We can backslide. You may have heard that phrase, backsliding. You're getting away, you know, you're up close to God and you've, you've gotten away from Him. You've slidden back. You've gone backwards in your relationship with Him. And that's the question that we have to ask. What, what has happened? Why have, you, why have you gotten to this place after salvation to where you're not as interested in, in God and the things of God as you used to be? And, it, and, and it's easy for those things to happen. Maybe, maybe it's your work. You work so much. You've missed, you've missed three out of four Sundays, and now you get up a Sunday, and you go, I don't know. I, you know. I missed three out of four. It didn't affect me at all. And yet here you are going, I don't know if I'm going to go today. Yeah, it didn't hurt me that I didn't go the last three out of four Sundays. So, so, you know, if I don't go today, it's no big deal. There's some apathy coming in. There's this, this disinterest in the things of God. When, when something's going on, do, well, that sounds interesting. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Y'all have fun with that. You know, are we there? So for, for some of us, we, we get into a place where there's some apathy that has crept into our lives and our walk with Christ. And that's something, if that's the case, then we need to lay aside that disinterest. We need to come back to the Lord and confess that. Lord, my heart has not been focused on you. My mind has not been focused on you. I've been disinterested. I've been apathetic in my walk with you, and I want that to change. And that's something we can lay aside. Second thing we need to lay aside is this, dysfunction. That would be, I would lump in there past hurts, abuses, trauma, things that, that we allow to hinder us. So, you know, I've come to realize that most families are dysfunctional in some way. Amen? Amen. Okay. <laughs> that got me about like the piano. <laughs> That's the truth, though. And then relationships can be dysfunctional. You know, our, our, there could be dysfunction in our relationship. And, and, and you, you know, here's the thing. Because relationships are dysfunctional, families are dysfunctional, you know what we got? We got a lot of hurts. We got a lot of hurts. And, and uh, you know, I'm not going to get graphic or anything, but, but the, the, the statistics say that 50%, so 50% of you in this room right now, 
Statistics say you've been, you've been sexually abused in some way, 50%. And it's usually family. Families are dysfunctional. But here's what we have to do. We have to put our past in the past. We've got we to set things aside. We've got to forgive uh, if forgiveness is required. And you go, well, they haven't apologized. Well, Scripture really doesn't call for that. It'd be good if they did. But, um, you know, the Lord tells us to forgive as we were forgiven. And if we don't forgive, we're not going to be forgiven. So forgiveness is very important. So perhaps there's hurts in your past. And look, I'm not, I, uh, most of you know my testimony. You know, you know what I've been through. You know, you, you know that I was sexually abused. I was physically abused. I was emotionally abused as a child. I went through those things. And... Um, and so I, I understand, I understand these things. I don't know what you've been through, and, and I know there's some of you have been through a whole lot worse than I went through, and there's some that went through stuff maybe wasn't as bad. And none of that matters. You know, well, how, how do you forgive it? Well, I forgive it because I want to obey God. I want to please Him. And, and I also know that if I hold on to those hurts, those dysfunctions, the dysfunction that was that I had nothing to do with that was put on me, if I don't deal with it properly in, in the way Scripture says, then I'm, I'm going to end up with that. It's going to hinder me in my walk forever. There are people that can't get past, they can't get past the, the starting line because they're still hung up on something that happened 35 years ago or 60 years ago. Talked with someone recently. 60, 55 years ago, stuff went on, and they still can't believe her. Says he understands forgiveness. Says he's forgiven. But everything he talks about is about stuff that went on 55 years ago. And it's like it happened yesterday. There's no forgiveness there. When we don't forgive and forget, we can't just hit the delete button. I like that. I don't like that. Hit delete. It's gone. I wish we could. Because there's emotional baggage. There's mental baggage that we carry because of that. Folks, you can let it go. It's what forgiveness is. Let it go. Whatever it is. Your your mom mom, mom said you were... She said I was fat. I don't know, man. There's lots of things that can go on that we, when mom or dad, you're going to be a mom or dad. Some of you that are younger, you're going to be a mom or dad one day, and you're not going to be perfect either. Okay, so extend some grace, forgive, whatever the, whatever the thing is that's hindering you today, put it off. And you may need some counseling. You may need someone to help you with putting that off and setting it aside and leaving it there. Learning to forgive. If you need help with that, I'd love to help with that. Pastor Aaron would love to help with that. We'd love to counsel you and help you in those situations, whatever it might be. But if you don't, then you're going to carry it, and it's going to be a problem in your walk your whole life. You don't want that. Um, So if you need to forgive, forgive. If you need to seek someone else's forgiveness, seek their forgiveness. But lay aside dysfunction this morning. Number three, distractions. In Matthew chapter 13, the, the parable of sowing the seed, and, and the seed are being sown, and they're falling in different places. And verse 7 says this, And some fell, speaking of these seeds, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And then down in verse 22, the Lord explains more. He says, Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, the word and he becomes unfruitful. So here's the idea. It's this, these distractions. It's the seed is sown. It may even take root and begin to grow, but the distractions, the things of the world come up around and, and choke out the, the word. 
and, and, and the, the things that, we, we, you know, the decisions we're making for God or, or, or what we're trying to do for Him becomes choked out and becomes because we're distracted because of all the things of the world. Um, I'll tell you this, the devil will send everything in the world he can to try to get your eyes off of the Lord. Amen. So distractions, what are, what are the distractions? Well, some of it could be advertising, okay? Advertising gets you in a lot of trouble. So uh, if you want to get out of debt... One of the best ways, turn your TV off, don't scroll Facebook, or don't get on eBay and scroll around because all they're trying to do is get you to spend more money and get more in debt, right? Debt is a huge distraction. Well, now i got all this debt, now i got to work more. So, so there's things that, that's a distraction. Um, so get off of those things that are always advertising. Why do you think they put those advertisements there? So they can get their hooks in you. Oh, man, that would be awesome. I need that. I need that. Boy, we need so many things that we don't need. Uh, other distractions, people. People can be a distraction. Uh, Solomon, his wives led him astray. They were a distraction. Um, we got more wisdom today than having wives, right? Just saying. I'm going to have one. People can be a distraction. Maybe people you work with. Maybe people you hang around with that are a distraction. Maybe they're pulling you away from the Lord. Uh, again, bills can be that because now you're, you're worried about your bills. There are good things even that can be a distraction. Good things, good things, um, doing good work but forgetting our time with God. We get so caught up in doing good. Here's a quote I've, I've used for years. And it's been a prayer of mine for every, every year at the start of the year. And it's just this, don't get so focused on the work of the Lord that you're distracted from the Lord of the work. Now, we, we're to serve. We're supposed to serve. And, and, I, and I encourage all of you, everybody, if you're a member of this church, you ought to be serving somewhere. You ought to have a regular area of service where you're serving. But be careful that you're not doing 15 things. And if you're going two or three Sundays and you're not in here because of, of your serving, that's a problem. Okay, so you, you, we got to make sure we don't, we're, we're doing all these good things and it distracts us and pulls us away from where God would have us to be. So we can set aside disinterest, dysfunction, distractions, and then there's disobedience. We go back to Hebrews 12.1 versus the sin which so easily ensnares us. Some people choose to sin. All right, choose to sin, choose to suffer. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. But you know what we do? There are people who choose, and they, they knowingly and willfully, they choose to break God's commands because sin is fun for a season. But only for a season. Because you, you don't get away with anything. And you're going you're gonna to have to, you will, it, it, the sin will be reckoned. The Lord will get your, if you're a child of God and you're in sin, you're in a worse spot than a lost person. Because He will not let you be happy. He will not let you be content. He will not let you be in a great state of everything's going on when you're living in open, unconfessed sin. He's going to make life miserable for you. Maybe there's a sin or a weight that you need to lay aside this morning. If you're going to grow in your relationship with the Lord in 2024, it starts with laying aside that sin or that weight that is besetting you, that is ensnaring you, that is trapping you. And repent of that. Lay that aside today. Fifth thing is being disillusioned. 
there were a lot of followers. A lot of, a lot of people were following the Lord. They were disciples of the Lord in John chapter 6. And Jesus is talking to the crowd of people about what it means to follow him, to be a disciple of him, really talking about the cost of following him. And what's interesting is as he was sharing with them, a lot of them got up and took off. And, and the Lord goes on to, to ask his disciples, hey, are y'all going to walk away too? Are y'all going to abandon me too? See, they were, they were disillusioned. They thought they had a picture in mind of what following the Lord would be. As some of the disciples said, Lord, let, me, let us sit on your right hand and your left hand in glory. Lord, you know, do you want us to do, do you want us to send them away? Do you want us to call fire down from heaven? Let us call fire down from heaven against these people. They thought they were, they were doing what God wanted them to do. And that wasn't at all what Jesus wanted. But they have a mindset or a thought of what it should be to follow Jesus. And sometimes people have this idea of following Jesus. And, and, and they think it's more, it's just a, you know, it's just a sprint. It's just, boy, we follow the Lord. It's just this quick thing. It's really going to be easy. You know, I prayed the prayer and everything's going to be wonderful in my life. And that's not what the scriptures tell us. Things aren't going to be, now they are wonderful. There's no better life than a life as a believer. With the peace of God, uh, the peace with God and the peace of God, Peace that comes from relationship with God and the peace that comes from the relationship that we have with Him in our everyday life. There's, there's nothing that would compare to that. But people think sometimes, I think it should be this way. And when things don't work out the way they think they should, they become disillusioned. And the problem is they're not looking at the truths of Scripture. we got to go back and learn Scripture. Know what the Bible says. Know what the Lord teaches us and tells us about how life will be as a believer. It's a wonderful life, but, but, but we're going to face tribulation. We're going to face temptation. We're going to face all these different struggles. The Scriptures tell us that. God allows that. That is the Christian life. It's what grows us. Some people have never examined the commands of Jesus. They've never realized the high cost of go, uh, that goes with being an obedient Christian, a true disciple of Jesus. So when they, they begin to hear that discipleship requires, listen, requires commitment. You're going to be a disciple of Jesus, it, it requires some commitment. And growing requires some study. It requires you to get in and study the Word of God. And, and to serve and to sacrifice. Oh, sacrifice? Are you kidding? I didn't sign up for this. Sacrifice? I thought this was all about me, me, me. This is all about what God's doing for me. There's a lot about what God's doing for you, but it's not about you. It's about Him. And our, our relationship with Him requires commitment and study and service and sacrifice. And some become disillusioned and they wander off. They get away from the Lord because they don't want to pay that price. And then there's others that are disappointed. When they became believers, they thought that life from that point on was going to be a bowl of cherries. They thought, they thought that, that God had promised to protect us and provide for us and, and that from that day on they wouldn't have to worry about sickness anymore. And then sickness comes along. A child is sick or a loved one is sick or, or something and, and, and they don't, they, 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 this isn't where it's supposed to be. Y'all understand there are people out there that believe that way. Well, if you just have enough faith, then you won't be sick. You have enough faith, you, you, won't, you won't have, you know, things aren't going to go bad. You'll have enough money in the bank. You want that Lamborghini? God will give you that Lamborghini. You just have enough faith. Send $10,000 prayer, 
you just send $10,000 in here and God's going to pour out the blessings on you. I want them fools to send me $10,000. They can have the blessing. Amen? Amen. They lie and they, and they sell the gospel and they deceive people. But people are disappointed because they don't have a realistic understanding of the gospel and who we are in Christ and what he wants to do. Perhaps they thought they wouldn't have to worry about money problems anymore. Some people, forgetting that God gives every person free will and choice, thought that when they became a Christian that ensured their children would turn out fine and God would protect their marriage. And, and, and they, 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 excuse my language here, but I don't mean it in a, in a crass way, but they live like hell and then wonder why their marriage fell apart. Why did God let that happen? They go out and they're drunk driving. They hit somebody and kill them. Why did God let that happen? God didn't let that. He didn't make that happen. It wasn't his fault. He gave you wisdom not to do those things. He's giving you instructions on how to live your life so that you don't live that way. And your children, they have to make their own decisions. But you bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Amen? Amen. You bring them up because they've got, you teach them. You, you can put everything in their way that's going to lead them right to Christ. Or you can put up barriers to them getting to Christ in the way you raise them. But people get disappointed because things don't work out like they thought they should. Maybe today you're disappointed about something. Maybe something's happened in your life and, and you just can't, can't you, you've yet to deal with it and reconcile that God is good, God is loving, and bad things happen. And God still has a plan. He still loves you. He still loves them. He's still at work in every situation. God is good Amen. all the time, right? And all the time, God is good. Well, if he's good all the time, he's good when I get cancer. If I never get over this vertigo, God is still good. I told Brother Raymond last week, I have to, at this point, I'm good enough, I can get up on my feet. I have to learn to function like this. If it never gets any better, I'm going to function. I'm going to find a way to press on. I'm not going to question God or blame God. Amen? Amen? So when we have the right view of God, then we don't get disappointed. Maybe there's disappointment that's lingering in someone's heart today. You know, over the years, I've sat with families during times of deep sorrow. I've sat with parents who've lost their children either to death or to the world. It's heartbreaking. Uh, many people complain that God, to God with the words of the psalmist in Psalm 44, verse 23 and 24. says, Awake! Why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise! Do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? And there are people that they're disappointed because they think God... Because things are going not the way they want them to go in their life, that he's abandoned them. He's walked away. And the Lord has promised us that he'd never leave us and never forsake us. That means he'll never turn his back to us and he'll never walk away. That's what that means. So when we have a right view of God, we don't, we don't get disappointed. They forget the words that Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, these things I have spoken to you. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. My friend, if you want to quit trusting and following the Lord, the devil will give you the means, the opportunity, and the reason to stop. Your heart gets a little bit discouraged or whatever. Satan's always looking for an end for you to have an excuse. I heard it this week. Someone said they're... they're, they're, they're um, Brent, it might have been you talking about there, there was someone who they won't go to church because of the hypocrites. Uh, well, I mean, none of us could go to church if it was because of the hypocrites, right? The fact is we're all a hypocrite in some way. 
None of, us, none of us live absolutely everything we say we believe. We try. I, I, you, you, I may be wrong. If, if I'm wrong and you, you do, you can let me know later. But I don't know of anybody. So there's, somebody's going to mess up. Here, you, you know what I, don't, I haven't done this week? I, I don't, I don't want to give anybody a reason to think anything. So I've been very careful about not going to the mailbox. Because the last thing I want is a neighbor to see me wobbling and think, wow, that preacher's throwing a drunk. <laughs> so I, 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 I was walking to the mailbox the other day, you know, and I'm over, and I thought about that, and I said, oh, that's not a good idea. I need to not do that. And so, um, folks, the devil used whatever to get you out of church or to get somebody else out of church. So, so don't grow disappointed. We have to realize that being a disciple requires certain disciplines, and one of those disciplines requires, that's required of disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ is the discipline of endurance. And you go back to Hebrews 12, one says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, run with endurance the race that is set before us. You ought to underline that word endurance. Because it's a word, it, mean, it, it means patience. And we, we've got to grow in that. We've got to, we, we've got to grow stronger. The, you know, the way you, the way you learn to get up is when you fall down, you get up. When something, when something goes, goes not the way you wanted it to go, you, you talk to the Lord. And you continue to trust. And you continue to press forward. You keep moving forward. But we run this race with endurance with patience. And um, there are a lot of folks that want to quit. But you don't, you don't compete in marathons, and that's what the Christian life really is. It's a marathon. It's not a 40-yard dash. It might be a 40-year dash or 80-year dash. It's a, it's a marathon. And you don't, uh, you don't complete a marathon by quitting. You don't win races by getting, uh, to giving in when you get in pain. You know, you get a pain in your side, and all of a sudden you say, oh, I'm going to quit. You don't quit. You don't finish the race by stopping when your side hurts. You don't complete the course by sitting on the sideline when you start to get a blister. You press through. Discipleship requires persistence. Disciples endure. Disciples keep on. Disciples never quit. Some of you might remember Jim Valvano. He was a basketball coach from North Carolina State, and he got cancer, and he had got an award with ESPN, gave him an award, and he stood up, and he gave a very wonderful speech, and what he said at the end was, he said, uh, don't give up, don't ever give up. Christian, that ought to be our mantra. We don't ever give up. We don't ever give up. We don't ever stop fighting. We don't ever stop living for the Lord. We don't ever stop giving to Him. I want, y'all to, I want you to do this. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them this. Disciples never quit. All right, let's try it a little better, this next one. Y'all didn't sound very convincing there. Um, let's try this one. Disciples never give up. Good. We never give up. Keep on keeping on. Amen? So there's some things we may have to give up, set aside. Now, i got four more pages, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop right there because here's what I'm going to tell you to do. we got to put some things off in order to put our hand to the plow. I may not have even touched something that, that is a hindrance for you today. You may have something in your life that's a burden 
that's a weight that's hindering you. You may have a sin in your life that's hindering you from being where you want to be, where, where God wants you to be, where you need to be. But, but I know this, the Holy Spirit of God is working right now, and he's, he's maybe touching your heart and saying, you need to deal with that. You need to deal with that. You need to lay that aside. So here's the challenge as we go into 2024, here in the second week of 2024. But here's the challenge. Today's a day of dedication. And you're wondering what the plows are here for. They're, more, they're, they're here for, for more than just symbolism. But there are, there are some symbolism in that verse of putting your hand to the plow. And I, I want you, it's, it's 1130, and I, I know it, this is going to extend a little bit more, but I'm going to ask you not to rush out of here. Okay, here's what I want us to do. We're going to, Pastor Aaron and Jim, you can come, and um, they're going to, they're going to, I don't know if you want to just play or what, Pastor Aaron, we failed to talk about this. That's my fault, exactly what we would do right here. And we may just play. You can sing the song. It's going to be like our invita- invitation. But here's what we got. We got a plow right here, and we got a plow right here. And I want to challenge you as an individual or as a family or both. I'm going to challenge you to come down and, and, to, and to just talk to the Lord. And maybe there's something you want to tell him that, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this off. I'm laying this weight aside. And you lay that aside and you, you talk to him about where you want to be in 2024. What you want to see God do in your life. That you want to surrender your life to him as his disciple. That you want to, you want to grow and you want to see him do a great work in your life. And I'm going, to, I'm going to challenge you to do that. Now, what I would ask is that you be, you be, you know, when you come and pray, consider that there's others. So maybe be aware of what you want to pray. Come and, and spend that time. Then if you want to spend some time at the altar here, you can do that as well. But there is something, folks, about... When God's dealing with our heart, with moving, moving physically in response to what he's doing spiritually. And here's a, here's a physical picture. If you can come down and you and your family or whatever, lay your hand to the plow and say, Lord, we're going to put our hand to the plow this year. We lay aside this we're, with this hindrance, this, this burden that is hindering us from being what we, you want us to be. We're laying that aside and we're putting our hand to the plow and we want to row st- plow straight this year and we want to plow with you, Lord, and we don't want to look back and, and regret. Understand? You understand the assignment? Y'all got the assignment. That, that's what we're going to do. So when, when we start singing here in just a moment, um, just come. And, and it, maybe we'll have a line, whatever. Also over here, there's another plow that we've got two men, uh, John Egger, one of our elders, and uh, Todd Breen, one of our deacons, are going to be there. And if you want somebody to pray with you, go to that plow, and these gentlemen will pray for you, okay? So there's an opportunity to be prayed for. There's an opportunity to pray. And, uh, and this, is, this, is, this is it, okay? So I'm going to pray here in just a moment. And once you've prayed, once you've done your business with the Lord, then you're free to go. Our service is concluded today. Amen? But I hope, I hope that you will, will respond, that God's been speaking to your heart. And you're going to respond with what it is you want to see God do in your life this year. That you'll dedicate yourself to Him, fully to Him this year. Father God, thank You. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge from your word. Thank you for the truths in your word. Lord, as we talked about Wednesday night, all we have to do is get in and it's like mining gold where the the gold is just in globs falling out of a mountain. All we got to do is chip a little bit and just huge nuggets of truth are there. Thank you for the truth you've given us in your word. We don't have to question how you want us to live. You've made it very clear. And Lord, the challenge this morning is that Perhaps we've been distracted. 
or, or we've been disillusioned or, Lord, just whatever else, these other things, these weights that we're bearing that are hindering us. There, there are things in this room represented I haven't even, haven't even come to my mind. But Lord, they've come to yours. So for each person, Lord, I just pray that you would touch their heart and, and, and bring that thing or things that needs to be laid aside today. And may we do that. May we lay that weight aside. May we lay that sin aside, confessing it, seeking, Lord, restoration with you. And then as we put our hand to the plow, as we go forward in 2024 of living our life in, in total dedication and commitment to you. God, would you just move in this time and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. As the music